This program is intended for informational and educational purposes only. All views and opinions expressed are the views and opinions of the individuals and sponsors presenting them, and not the LTB network. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode 13. On BitcoinAverage.com, a millibit is trading for 43 cents, or $430 per Bitcoin. Well, that's less than last week, but here's to Bitcoin, and hoping that it will come back up again like it usually does. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining us today as we podcast from East Nashville, Tennessee. I'm John Barrett. And I'm Lid Shaw. We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love to talk about Bitcoins. And share what we learn with you, the listener. Welcome to the show, and thanks for listening. On today's show, Lidge and I travel to Argentina, where we meet up for a glass of wine with Emiliano Vasquez of Coinding. Emiliano turns us on to the very cool world of Bitcoin treasure hunting via Coinding, a scavenger hunt where you become one of the players and venture out into the real world to find hidden Bitcoin treasures. Next, we travel to Spokane, Washington on the Magic Bus, where we have a very groovy conversation with Washington State's very first marijuana licensee, Sean Green of Couchlock Productions. That's couch with a K. Sean tells us about the trials and tribulations of being a marijuana pioneer, being rejected by Coinbase, and his search for a bank courageous enough to have him as a customer. Sean also provides some very interesting sound effects to stimulate your imagination. Well, that's about it. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> no, that's great. Nice, nice. So Lidge and I are very pleased to have on the show today Emiliano Velasquez of Coinding. Emiliano, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Emiliano. It's great to have you here on Bitcoins and Gravy. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about Coinding and how you first got involved in Bitcoin? And uh, just tell our listeners what Coinding is to start with. Uh, okay, so Coinding is a virtual reality game. We spread uh, free Bitcoins around cities. Through GPS, you can collect them. It's basically like a treasure hunt. You mm -hmm. go with your phone to the locations that show you in the map where the Bitcoin is. And they're like tiny treasures that you have to grab them. Once you grab them, you have to unlock them by doing a small puzzle. Ooh, I love that. Uh, when we jumped into Bitcoin, we were thinking about ways to spread the idea of Bitcoin and how to do it. And um, we were with uh, some friends talking in a bar and I was explaining everything about Bitcoin. And at one point I just said, okay, mate, I'll just give you a fraction and you play around with it and then tell me what you think. And they love the idea. They love the concept. And uh, so we found out that it was a very good way uh, to actually get people involved and saying, okay, I have this now. What do I have to do? Mm -hmm, nice. So our approach was like, this is not a new concept. Our idea was to, we were making some game projects before uh, with our company. It sort of clicked. It sort of was the, the best way that we thought to it will be the best way to bring new people into the economy to teach them how it is so we incorporated some really cool like game dynamics to the thing and um it's going well it's going well we're launching canada recently uh to do our beta test okay and tell us where you are we are in Mendoza, Argentina. Wow. Okay, so when you're hanging out with friends talking about Bitcoin, I sort of envision this beautiful historical city. Um, you know, you guys are out sitting out of, outside a cafe having discussions about Bitcoin and how it's going to change the world? Yeah, we were, uh, we were in the middle of the vines having wine in a beautiful winery and talking about the Bitcoin revolution and how is it going to change the world for, uh, for the other six billion, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly wonderful. right. So you must be a fan of Andreas Antonopoulos as we are, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we met with him in um, Buenos Aires, in the Buenos Aires conference, mm -hmm. uh, LabitConf, and he loved the idea, and we started talking a bit, and then um, he went to Canada for the conference, and he also, like, tested out, and he said it was, like, a really cool concept, so that was I was happy about that. 
Oh, nice. Okay, so tell us more about what Coinding is and how it works. I mean, you're saying that there's hidden Bitcoin right here in Nashville? <laughs> Maybe not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, we're getting ready for our global launch. It's going to happen in like uh, one or two months. Mm -hmm. We wanted to test it out, uh, the system, that everything worked first. But basically, yes, there's going to be free Bitcoin spreads in locations around the world. In the first stage, yes, we are the ones giving the Bitcoins away, but everything is constructed so the entire community can spread their own Bitcoins around. Like if you're in Nashville and you wanna, um, you're making a meetup or you want to introduce it to your friends, maybe you can drop 10 millibits around the area and get them to do a little treasure hunt to find them introducing people to the concept. So the first dynamic was what was that, uh, giving Bitcoins away. And um, now the other thing that we're adding, we're adding some really cool features. Features, For example, we have in the map, we have the, all the shops are starting to accept Bitcoins. So if you grab a couple, we show you the directions on where you can spend them or use them. And as well, we're adding the shops that are uh, not accepting Bitcoins. People can vote and try to conquer new shops. If a lot of people vote for a certain shop saying like, we would like this place to start accepting Bitcoins, then we'll contact them and send them those uh, messages saying like, there's this amount of people that wants to go to your shop and spend their Bitcoins. This is what they've told. So basically as well, trying to bring more shops uh, into the economy. That's fantastic. I love that idea. So you can get shops that aren't accepting Bitcoin yet to get excited about it because they're going to see that a bunch of people want them to accept it. We could send a message to a shop, for example, saying 172 people are, want to spend their Bitcoin in your shop. This is the message they left. And this is why you should accept it. And these are the payment processes like BitPay, for example, that you can use in order to um, get people to pay in Bitcoin. So like sending the message out there that is people that is playing in the streets, using Bitcoins, moving it around, and that they are willing to spend it and they're willing to use it and just growing the amount of not only people in the economy, but shops as well. Okay, so you talk about Bitcoins being dropped in certain areas. Now, can you tell us what is your first area, the first drop? And when you talk about a Bitcoin drop, how many are we talking about or millibitcoins or satoshis? And how are they dropped? Where are they? Are they hidden somewhere on QR codes underneath things? People go look for them as they would in a real scavenger hunt. How's that done? Uh, right now, everything is virtual. So when you install the app, you can see the map in the location that you are. Mm -hmm. And it shows you around your location where the Bitcoin's hidden. By hidden, I mean uh, they're not actually in physical form like uh, with a QR. It's virtual. So you go to the location and when your JPS location tells us that you are in the same spot as a treasure, then you unlock the, the treasure, you get the treasure. I see. So you have to be in that area and the app is going to work by way of the GPS on your phone. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So if you have a coinding scavenger hunt in Canada, the guys here in Nashville, we cannot take part in that, right? We have to be in that area. For the moment, yes. We did the lunch in Canada in three cities, Montreal, Vancouver and Toronto. And uh, we're releasing 10, 10 Bitcoins and there were some donations from people. So we're already at 10.2 Bitcoins that we're spreading around. Let's get some more specifics. They have the app on their phone, okay? Mm -hmm. And then they know that there's the launch or there's the drop, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the next thing that they do to actually find the Bitcoin... Yes. And uh, they have an option to go uh, treasure hunt. We'll show them the map. We'll show them the location they're at at the moment. Mm -hmm. And they're going to see, um, just imagine like a Google Maps image with a lot of uh, Bitcoins spread around, like the image of a treasure spread around them. By spreading, I mean, um, you're going to see one that is one block away from you. Then you're going to see another one that is five blocks away from you. Um, so imagine it sort of like a digital Pac-Man when you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Love it. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, people have to walk to the location and they have a radius of 30, me 30 meters um, around them that allows them to collect treasures that might have fallen 
um, somewhere that is unreachable. They just have to walk around the city and collect the treasures in the locations around them. So this is pretty exciting. This is something that I could see doing with my eight-year-old daughter to get her excited about Bitcoin and get her to start having some. And it's timely too, because Easter is right around the corner for us here. And this is like the Easter egg, you know, the Bitcoin Easter bunny going around and leaving <laughs> treasures yeah. all over the world. It makes me feel like if I were doing it, I would be actually in a in a video game, right, as one of the players, but I'm actually walking around picking up things like you do in a video game. And I haven't played video games in years, but I remember going around and picking up, you know, you need this weapon or you need that weapon or this to give you a magical power or whatever. But yeah, that's really exciting, man. I love that. Yeah, it has, it has like a couple of advantages. Uh, funny story, one of the guys that worked with us, a programmer, he was having some health problems and the doctor recommended that he had to go out and walk, uh, just walk around the city. And um, he's not much of a walker. So we started doing the game and he started having to test it. So in order to test it, he had to go outside the city, like to walk outside. And uh, went back to the doctor and the doctor said, wow, you're so much better. <laughs> <laughs> That's neat, man. So, yeah. That's really cool. Are you sure that wasn't just from sipping wines, fine wines <laughs> down in Argentina with you guys? You can't. We're going to edit that comment out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That, that, that also helps. We're all very healthy now. You know, they say you have to drink wine to get your heart to be better. So we have That's right. The they heart. do say a glass, glass of red wine a day is supposed to be very good for your heart. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so th again, this is very exciting, this concept. So this is a way to incentivize people to come to a specific physical geographical location mm -hmm. following their GPS on their phone. So if you have an area that you would like to develop as a Bitcoin zone, for example, you can draw people there who are interested in collecting Bitcoins, and then they might be able to turn around and use them in the stores yeah. in that particular area. Yeah. So if you have a shop that accepts Bitcoins and you want to spread Bitcoins around your location, you're going to bring a lot of your uh, interested crowd that's going to come play around in a positive way and suddenly you have your shop that is near the Bitcoins and you can attract a lot of people as well doing that. Nice. Okay, so uh, next question. Where does this Bitcoin come from? How does this work? Is this like a little bit is given away, like a coupon model, and then it attracts people there, and then they're hopefully going to spend more at the stores? Yeah, uh, the Bitcoins come from, in the beginning, they come from us. And the idea is to keep bringing through, for once, advertising. Uh, it's also going to be very good, like we mentioned before, it's going to be really good for shops, interesting in bringing people to the shops or uh, Bitcoin ATMs, or areas of interest. And it's also very good for um, universities, for example, that want to create events, all kinds of organizations, NGOs that want to attract people. You can do marathons. Uh, you can do, for example, if you want to do a 10K marathon, you can create a path of Bitcoins that people have to collect in the area that they have to walk. Oh, they have to run. Okay, I got to inject a question here quickly because a week from now I'm running in the Nashville Marathon. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually running it barefoot, so I need extra incentive to keep moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> How soon can you get that implemented so that I can be collecting Bitcoins in the entire run? I'll, I'll, do, it, I'll do it in 10 minutes. We'll, we'll have the, the, the entire path from your marathon um, place. So that's oh, also man. another good thing that we're thinking of. So... Maybe the Bitcoins that you collect, they don't go for you, so it goes for an NGO. So if you're supporting this marathon, you can say, okay, every Bitcoin that I collect during this marathon is going to go to this NGO. Nice. So let me ask you another question. So I've got the app and I'm walking around or I'm running the marathon or whatever. Is it just when I get to that GPS point that bling, there's the, there's a little bit of Bitcoin that goes onto my phone? Exactly. Exactly. Right into my, right into my wallet on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I will be going into a shop. Other times I will just be walking around on the street and there it goes right into my wallet. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to force anyone. And that's not the idea to force people to actually uh, spend the Bitcoins in a certain shop. We're not going to keep the Bitcoins ourselves. The only thing we do is when you want to withdraw your funds, uh, you go to the Coinding website. Uh, and over there, we also explain a couple of concepts. We, we explain what to double factor authentication is just because mm -hmm. we thought that even though it's a bit maybe annoying to do it to withdraw your funds the first time that you're starting we thought it was something really important to teach people that are uh, just joining so 
like we teach you how to do it, what's the process, how to link your cell phone. And over there, if you keep buying Bitcoins using websites, you're going to know where it is and you're going to have your Bitcoin safe. To refer to your question, the Bitcoins are not going to be spread inside shops. They're going to be around the city. I see. And you know, you talked about that second factor authentication, which we know is so important. And I remember the very first time I set that up on, I don't remember if it was Coinbase or whatever, but it was intimidating. I thought, why do I have to do this? And it just seems difficult. Now, of course, I realize how important it is, but it also seems fun in a certain way. And it seems to me that what you guys are doing is really spreading the word about Bitcoin using fun, right? Using adventure. What about the idea that the second factor authentication is something that a spy would have to do? You know, you have the decoder ring or something like that, some way to get people excited to help them think about it, kind of a James Bond sort of way. Just a thought. Uh, one of the guys that works with us, uh, he's a very, very good. He worked in some of the major companies in game design. And the first thing that he thought was this exact same thing that you said. When you install the game, you're Joe, just a guy that's found a tool that a previous uh, treasure hunter had that he lost okay. and misplaced it and you found it. And he tells you, okay, you can keep it and look treasures for me. So you're sort of like uh, Indiana Jones meets James Bond sort of character that has to find clues. <laughs> Maybe the second factor authentication could be a little Bitcoin avatar. It's like your second Bitcoin person, uh, digital, yeah, that's you know, that, that speaks to you through your phone <laughs> and lets you know what it is. Yeah, I love it. So, oh, I wanted to say this, John, when you were talking about the ding on your phone or something, I, I see that as being an important detail of this whole thing. Ring. Like it could become a really ubiquitous sound that everybody's familiar with. Like you've got mail, it's like, you know, you've got Bitcoin and you start hearing <laughs> nice. people as they're walking around and it becomes this common sound effect that people get used to. So have you found a sound that's just right yet? That's a good idea we are looking for the perfect sound uh, the name came up with, with after that is coin ding and the the sound has to be perfect so we're we're looking for that but so far it's really fun when you're testing you're walking with your mate and suddenly your phone goes ding uh, it's uh, so right. like rush. that's great <laughs> You're on a search for the perfect ding. Yeah. If any of the uh, any of your audience finds the perfect ding, they can send it to our email account. Tell our audience how to get that perfect ding to you. Uh, we can do at contact at coinding.com is our email for uh, contacts. If not, you can just tweet to at coinding in Twitter. Okay, great. Now, in every game, you've got the good guys and you got the bad guys. Yeah. Right? I want to talk about the bad guys for just a second. I believe you probably would want to talk about the bad guys. <laughs> Sometimes I like them, too. You never know. But no, okay, so go, in this case, have you considered uh, ways to prevent somebody from hacking the CoinDing game and not physically going to these locations? What prevents somebody from just programming the GPS on their phone to make it look like they've gone and collected all these coins? Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about GPS spoofing. And uh, that was when we pitched the idea, when we talk about this, that was the first concern that everyone had uh, to make it safe. So far, there's not an absolute solution for GPS spoofing. Ingress game from Google also is uh, vulnerable to that kind. That's what the main thing that we test in Canada. And we catch some people doing GPS spoofing as well. We have a lot of dynamics that prevent the user to be able to do it, not prevented to be able to do it, but like discourages. For example, we track the previous GPS location before you arrive to a treasure that uh, tells us if you made a massive jump, like if you jumped countries in one second, that's a clear way that you're doing GPS spoofing. So there's a lot of stuff like that. We obviously don't keep that information. Um, everything is erased. One of the other things that you do is when you collect the treasures, you're uh, spending energy from your energy tank that you have in the game. So you can collect a certain amount of Bitcoins before your energy is depleted. Also, the thing is that when you're collecting the treasures, you spend energy and you have to open the treasures by solving a small puzzle. So if you, use, if you try to use uh, GPS spoofing, you are going to collect a couple of treasures, but then you have to unlock them. And to unlock them, you have to solve the puzzle which you can't do by brute force. So there's not much point in actually doing the GPS spoofing because you're going to have to wait for uh, one day before you can collect again and you have to manually resolve the puzzles. 
I see. So how many Bitcoin or Satoshis or millibitcoins can somebody get when they're on the scavenger hunt? Let's say they're doing it for an hour. How many could someone realistically expect to get? Well, the treasures, they all have different values. So they range from 60, 100, 1,000 Satoshis to a couple of millibitcoins. We've also spread uh, half a Bitcoin, one Bitcoin in sets, treasures, they're, they're all random. So you can't really know a specific amount that a person can get. Okay, so now if I was to go with my daughter, say, to the amusement park or something, and she played a lot of skee-ball, and she won a whole bunch, you know, we won a pile of tickets. They also offer the store that you can go and spend all those tickets at. So are you going to also guide people to places where, you know, so many Satoshis are useful and there's a way to spend them? Yes, yes. We're bringing all of the locations from CoinMap, which the guys are doing an amazing job. We send you the locations of those places that are around you just as suggestions in case you want to spend your Bitcoins over there. Okay, great. Well, this is pretty exciting news. I think this is going to be really cool. I, I'm understanding it now. Thank you so much for explaining that. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the upcoming features you have? Yes. The first thing that we're releasing is the shops that I was telling you about earlier, uh, where people can conquer shops, vote for shops that are around the area. And the, also the possibility of you spreading your own treasures We've had suggestions not only to spread Bitcoins, there's some meetup groups in uh, Santiago in Chile, actually, that they want to they wanna spread uh, shots, free shots for people. <laughs> so that, that could also be a possibility. So we're rolling that stuff out in the upcoming weeks, in the next three weeks. We're deciding when the world launch will be. We're pretty certain it will be in the next two months maximum. Okay. Did you say free shots? <laughs> yeah. As in like a medical shot? Not, not that kind. Well, the kind that doesn't make you better, that kind of makes you feel a bit bad. Oh, free shots. <laughs> so, so, so like going around to bars. Like tequila shots, yeah. Oh, man, I get it now. Okay. Got it. Okay. Boy, I really do want to visit Argentina now. Well, I don't know. Was that in Argentina? What countries are they doing that in or wanting to do that? Chile. Chile. Oh, in Chile. In okay. Chile. Ah, I see. The Chileans. All right. Now, this is a bit of a tangent, but is there any correlation that you found between bitcoins and penguins yet? Hmm. <laughs> Bitcoins, that, that is a lidge question for well, sure. Well, I noticed that the penguin was your avatar for your Skype contact. I believe that you have penguins down in Argentina, is that correct? Yes, yes. They're, they're a bit far away from where I am right now. You can find a correlation. I haven't thought about it, but... Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it. The elusive creature that hasn't that seems far away, but it's getting but closer. But it's actually is getting closer and bigger and closer. <laughs> nice. And it's cute, too. And it's cute. So yeah. cute. <laughs> penguin coin. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, no, oh, man. no, please don't. <laughs> oh, man. Emiliano, can you please tell our listeners again how they can find you? And we want to thank you so much for being on the show here with us at Bitcoins and Gravy. Thank you, guys. It's been really nice. So in order to download the app, you can go to the Android store and look for Coinding. If not, you can go to our site, coinding.com. And you can find us on Twitter at, at Coinding. Okay. Is this app something that people who own iPhones can also download, or is it just for Androids? We have the, the iPhone application ready. We sent it for revision a couple of weeks ago, actually. And um, we're just waiting for the OK Go from the Apple Store. That takes some time. We thought it was going to be ready for the launch, but it wasn't. So wait for a couple of days it's going to be available do you think uh, apple's going to say okay to it uh, yeah yeah because we don't infringe any of the terms and conditions that they have well that's pretty exciting and how soon is the launch going to be so the launch in canada started last week like the launch is going to last until the bitcoins uh, run out basically so so there's mm -hmm. time for for people to jump on board and try to get a piece of those 10 bitcoins Okay, wonderful. And when people go ahead and download the app and they're in a place that has not been launched yet, how do they incentivize you guys to come there and launch and get that started? Or how do they know where the next launch is going to be? For now, we're keeping the information in the Twitter feed and on the website. Uh, they can contact us at contact at coinding.com. We're also looking for people interested in helping us uh, develop the events in different cities because it's not just about spreading the Bitcoins anywhere. It's also very good to find, uh, like you said, amusement parks and cool locations around their city and only locals know where to go and where they would like to make people to go to feel interested about bitcoins and their city so we're looking for anyone interested in helping us develop this in their own city to send us an email 
as well at contact at coining.com. Okay, well, I'm going to save us the email and just volunteer, Lidge and I. Yeah. We're, we're going to volunteer for it, right, Lidge? Consider yourself found in Nashville, in East <laughs> exactly. Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. We're ready to go, nice. man. I would like we're to spread the marathon that you're saying that you're going to run. Like, Send me also well, the location for that. I'll do it. It's a week from now, so that's pretty fast, but we'll be live before the marathon happens. Okay, yeah, perfect. Emiliano, what are some of the other projects that your company is working on as well? Two of the things, so three of the things that we're working on is, uh, once, one is going to be, it's called Battle Pro, which is a sort of combination between Poker Stars, the poker platform. So people to play games for real money, for Bitcoins actually. So it's like just a software where people is going to be able to play all kinds of games for Bitcoins. Then also mm -hmm. there's uh, we want to do something sort of like Pokemon, but where the Pokemons are uh, linked to coin actually. So it's it's unique, the Pokemon that you have, and you can swap them around, sort of like magic cards as well. And uh, the other thing that we're doing is um, a multi-sig wallet where you can create your uh, entire organization. So let's say you have a graph and you put the president of the company on top and then you have the three VPs of marketing or whatever. And then underneath you put other people and it creates an address for each one of them. And you can create a multi-sig wallet between the people that are allowed to spend a certain amount of money. So you say you can create the board members of the company have the control of certain funds and they allowed their VP of marketing to control a certain amount and everything just done with multi-sig. It's like the future of the company credit card. Yeah. You guys are like the brain trust of Bitcoin down there with all these companies you're creating. I'm loving it, man. It's Great stuff. Cool. Hey, Emiliano, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a thrill to talk with you. And I think that CoinDing is already a big hit. I think it's going to be even a bigger hit, especially when it hits East Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, thank you a lot, guys. It was really nice to talk to you. And uh, I send a hi from Mendoza, the south, where we have penguins and wine. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Emiliano. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay, great. Thanks, man. Cheers. I'm John Barrett. And I'm Lid Shaw. We're two guys from East Nashville, Tennessee, who love talking about Bitcoin. Join us for Bitcoins and Gravy right here on KCAA 1050 AM each Monday night at 5 p.m. as we talk with business owners around the country and around the world who are using Bitcoins right now to grow their businesses. We interview Bitcoin experts about cutting-edge developments, the future of Bitcoin the currency, and Bitcoin the shared network. We also talk with everyday folks who use Bitcoins instead of money for everyday purposes. Purchases. And if you're still not sure about Bitcoins, we can help. Bitcoins and Gravy will get you up to speed with this new fast-paced technology, Bitcoin. We invite you, the listener, to call us on the Bitcoins and Gravy hotline at 615-208-5198 with your questions or comments about Bitcoin. And remember to tune in right here to KCAA 1050 AM every Monday night at 5 p.m. for Bitcoins and Gravy. Mm-mm-mm. Now that's gravy. For today's Bitcoins and Gravy Hotline segment, we'd like to bring you some of the comments from SoundCloud where people are able to respond specifically to parts of the show that they like or dislike. Here are some of the comments we got this week. The first one really sets the mood. From R11SE, you guys should read the SoundCloud comments. That could encourage more great comments. Well, thanks, R11SE. That's a great suggestion. We don't want to pass over the excellent comments we are getting right here. Thanks for the reminder. And then again from R11SE, he says, or she says, Coin Jabber is great. I wish I checked this before I had my Bitcoin stolen from empty Gox. Well, we're really sorry to hear about that. I wish everybody could have known about that before they had any Bitcoin stolen. Um, I, I suppose everybody has had different amounts lost, but it could be a great tragedy if you had a significant amount invested there. So I wish we could have done something to prevent any of that for anyone. Last comment from R11SE is great show. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Well, thanks again, R11SE. You guys listening is what makes it worthwhile for us to do this. Next comment is from Adia Air. Uh, Adia says, I love this show, smiley face. Well, Adia, thanks for listening. And then last comment is from J.P. I love this show. 
Thank you for your hard work to put this together for people like myself to listen to. Well, you're so welcome. Thank you all for the kind words. Keep listening, and we'll keep bringing the best we can to you. Cheers. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things ought to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. Our Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain. Our Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain. Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. Our Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain, our Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh, Lord, before I have to go. So today, Lidge and I are very pleased to be talking with Sean Green of Couch Lock Productions out of Spokane, Washington. Uh, Sean, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Sean. Oh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Oh, yeah, it's great to have you here. So you are in a little bit of a battle there in Spokane, but you are of some notoriety now. You are leading the way in what? Can you tell our listeners about that? I received the first recreational marijuana production license issued in the state of Washington. On March 5th. Congratulations. That's great. Okay, wow. That's historic, right? Uh, Yes. If you look up the first liquor license ever issued, uh, I believe it's on display in a museum. Wow, that is cool. Do you have a license now for recreational marijuana or for medicinal marijuana only? Uh, Both. Uh, So the state of Washington recently issued me a license to legally produce uh, a marijuana canopy up to 21,000 square feet. Hmm. That's such a fancy name. What is a marijuana canopy? Uh, the canopy is the area in which the plants physically occupy. I see. And so okay. if you were to consider that there were a row of plants, it would not include the space you would consider to be the walkways that you would have there to care for the plants. That is outdoors, I assume. Uh, indoor, outdoor, or greenhouse production is allowed. Wow. And you said, so this is the first issued license in Washington, in the state of Washington? Uh, yes. Uh, they've since issued several more, uh, but it was the first one that they that they issued here in the state of Washington. So you're a real pioneer. I've uh, just been working hard at it. Um, the application process was pretty lengthy and 
uh, fairly detailed and a little grueling, but you know, I, I was I was on it. Uh, working very hard with that as a, a purpose was to get uh, one of the first licenses so we could get this thing started. Well, that's great. So do you also have a dispensary there? Do you also sell? Uh, yes. Uh, so I also am the director of Pacific Northwest Medical. That is a medical marijuana producer and retail uh, chain. I see. And you just sell marijuana. Do you also have treats? Do you have brownies, uh, Rice crispy treats, anything like that? Uh, we do. We have somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 different products on hand um, between marijuana uh, and dried flowers, as well as infused products, sodas, topicals, tinctures, um, just a little bit of everything that, that one might imagine. Well, and uh, chocolate treats too? Uh, we do have some chocolate <laughs> treats. Yes, they range from uh, tested milligrams between 65 uh, we have one is upwards of 180 milligrams, but it's also six recommended doses. So now, is this similar to the uh, the proof ratings for alcohol? You know, if you're going to get Bacardi 151, it's extremely strong compared to I don't know, you know, um, a Miller Lite or something like that, or Everclear. Uh, you know, it's sort of. It's a little different though. The way that the different cannabinoids react with each other. So it's not just say THC as far as potency is concerned. You've also got uh, CBD, uh, CBN, CBG, THCV. Uh, all of these different levels are going to interact with each other differently. So it's not a true scale that you could measure on a on a proof rating. I have to interject that it seems counterintuitive to have to remember that many different acronyms for something that's involved with THC in the first place. But that's well, the just cannabis, me. <laughs> the cannabis plant itself is comprised of far more components than just the THC. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we're building an industry here. It's not uh, just a single operation. Um, It's the entire state of Washington now has gone to work to build an industry. So in any industry, if you can do something first, you probably have a little better advantage. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, Q-tips, that's a brand, not a product. Right, just like Kleenex. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Frisbee. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, so, so the opportunity within an emerging market is presented that we have to take new risks each and every day. We have a, a inherent banking trouble, a conflict between state and federal law that makes banking a very difficult thing to do. So a bank that would support you all would be in compliance with state law in Washington, but not in compliance with federal law? Is that the problem? Uh, exactly. Well, the banks are FDIC insured, or you've got the National Association of Credit Unions, which is also at a federal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the banks are basically bowing out. Um, at least with direct business with it. Uh, Even some of the ancillary businesses struggle with banking in the past. I think you told me before you were using Coinbase or you were using BitPay? Uh, We were using Coinbase. You were using Coinbase, and that was going okay for a short period of time until what? Oh, no, it it was just a couple of days. There was an inquiring reporter into our use of Bitcoin that contacted Coinbase, and that caused Coinbase to drop our account. I see. They dropped your account because you're growing and selling marijuana, right? Exactly. And it was, you know, I, I don't make much a secret of that. I yeah. try to do a straightforward business, and this is who we are. This is what we do. Did you have any conversations with anybody at Coinbase by way of email or on the phone? Uh, limited communication. It was via email, and it was just simple notification. My account was being terminated, and then we had to discuss the remaining a balance on hand over the course of a week or two. The bottom line is this. Most people are going to come in and they want to pay with U.S. dollars, right? Or they want to pay with a credit or debit card. You need to have somebody who can process those funds, right? You need to have a bank account so you can have savings and so you can gain interest, which is a joke. But you need to have a bank, right? Absolutely. Simple banking, you know, simple business banking transactions, payroll, taxes, uh, things like an experiment on Bitcoin, uh, ordering our supplies through a debit card, all things that we've worked very hard to to do um, to run you know, a legitimate business. When you start taking away those tools, tracking the overall volume of the business becomes more challenging. Tracking cash is far more difficult than tra- tracking checks and debit transactions. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, because you don't have the digital record. But now, of course, you do have the digital record in the Bitcoin world, which makes it an appealing option. Mm-hmm. So now, are there options wherein your bank account and the service uh, could exist outside of the U.S. or outside of Washington and make it more feasible, easier to do? Could the business be set up with an offshore bank account that is allowed to transact back and forth in Bitcoin? Well, no. All of our money into this new uh, recreational production market uh, is all very much in-state. 
Um, source of funds is a very important aspect when it comes to how we're building our operations. Um, so it's, you know, it's got to be straightforward. We, you know, I'm looking for a bank that will just take my marijuana license and give me a bank account. Um, simple. Uh, I just want to do regular business transactions. Right now, do you all sell only there at the dispensary or do you all sell online? Is that legal to do that? Well, at this point, we don't have any retail stores open. Uh, they're running a lottery this week. I think they're finalizing it today as far as the applicants mm-hmm. for retail stores. Um, they limited the number of stores that would be issued, and there was substantially more applicants than there were uh, allocated stores. So they've gone to a lottery. I believe we find out at the beginning of next month who our retail distributors are going to be. Mm-hmm. And how do they allocate those stores? Uh, I was based based on population density. Okay. So each area, um, Spokane, for example, Spokane County was designated 18 stores. Is that something that the people get to vote on by way of referendum, or is that something that's just established with legislation? It was the Liquor Control Board established those parameters, and it was based on the number of liquor stores that we had or a similar ratio, uh, population ratio. Well, Sean, let me ask you a question. What do you see as a solution for some of the problems that you've experienced already with the banking system and with Bitcoin? Oh, just a bank. Who wants our money? Uh, We just want a simple bank account, business checking, business savings, the ability to make EFTPS for our tax payments. Um, Because I don't think the Department of Revenue wants us bringing in cash payments on a regular basis. Um, They're not equipped for that. They, They prefer that you do EFTPS also. I see. And are you aware of some of the challenges that the bank faced that you might want to address uh, with some of your thoughts on it? Um, Really, we just we just need somebody that's willing to take a risk on our industry. Uh, It's emerging and it's new and people are kind of scared of that. Um, Everybody's wondering what's going to happen. So they want to wait and see. Um, But those those that uh, jump in and actually take advantage of an opportunity because we have a, a open market. Uh, what that means is in, in, in this society, when there's a need, there's a, a solution that's created. Mm-hmm. So I can't see that this need uh, for a service sit out in the open for so long and not have somebody want to take the opportunity. Because the first, the first company that does has an opportunity to get the lion's share of the market all in just a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Just say that you do it. Everybody, there's there's thousands of these marijuana businesses, both uh, in Washington, Colorado, but then we looked at the medical states. You commented on California. There's a, a, a large number of businesses there uh, that also need banking services. Uh, Oregon has some. Alaska's got uh, a vote this year for uh, recreational marijuana in August. Um, you've got other states that are starting to change their marijuana laws. So, it's just a matter of time before this, this law takes effect and everyone believes it. As you see, the, the rest of the nation is, is on board. They're, they're wanting legalized marijuana as well. Okay, and so if I'm hearing you correctly, you mentioned some take on some of the risks with this new industry, and the risks that you brought up earlier were the fact that while the banking system may find it legal on a state level, it's not legal on a federal level. So for a bank to take a risk and support this new industry, it might have to move forward without FDIC insurance? Well, the federal government made an announcement uh, and gave guidelines in which it would be acceptable to do business with the marijuana industry. Why not? Okay, so there are solutions being presented. That's correct. Absolutely. We can comply with what the guidance was given as a client to the bank. The bank can comply by doing business with us. Tell our listeners what you think is the hesitancy on the part of all of these banks. There has to be some legitimate reason why they are hesitating, legitimate in their minds. I don't think anybody wants to be just the one bank. As a business grows, if you expand too rapidly, uh, it's not good for business. So if, for example, a, a single bank was to announce next week that they do business with marijuana, the flood of calls, emails, uh, appointments I may not be equipped to handle it. Uh, that's bad for business also. Yeah, they may not want to have to address what would be some inevitable negative reaction as well. I mean, could you imagine if a single bank needed to open 100,000 new accounts next week, just <laughs> on top of what they normally do? That'd be nice. <laughs> I, I mean, I would doubt that they're equipped with the manpower to handle that wave. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Other than that, can you think of any hesitancy on the part of any existing bank or on the part of any venture capitalists to start their own bank there in Washington? The you know first bank of marijuana, whatever you want to call it. No, the bank of Branson, right? Maybe we could get Richard to start one there. I don't know. Is he into Absolutely. that? I didn't know Richard smoked weed, does he? Oh, I have no idea. I don't well, know. Well, then why would you bring up Richard Branson? I don't know. He just seems like somebody who could be uh, capable of starting a bank at this point. Well, you've got his Twitter, don't you? Let's Twitter him and ask him if he smokes weed. That would tell us the answer right, right there. Right. We'll send a message to him and find out what he thinks. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm happy to give Richard Branson a tour of my facility. Uh, if he's considering opening a bank, I would avail my, my finances uh, to a review and uh, yes, please. Hey, Sean, I'm going to make a call out right now on the airwaves to Richard Branson. Richard Branson, please come forward and open up a bank there in Washington. We know you can afford it. You're a billionaire many times over, right? Open up a bank that will support all of these marijuana growers and dispensaries. Richard, this is a call out to you. Mr. Branson, we beseech you. Well done, John. Oh, thank you, Lidge. I appreciate that. Well done, yes. Uh, I believe it, it may be a quicker uh, acquisition to simply buy a bank and be open for business next week with the marijuana industry. Hey, that's a really good idea. I mean, do you have there in Spokane, do you have a core group of people who work together, uh, growers and dispensaries and people who are doing the same thing that you're doing, who are coming together and saying, look, if we can't get a bank, Let's create our own bank. Is that a possibility? It is, but our, our industry is a new emerging industry. Uh, we don't have the capital assets necessary to start a bank. Mm -hmm. But yes, absolutely. It's been discussed several times uh, amongst friends, growers. Um, and, and as far as associations go, there is a Spokane Cannabis Association. Um, we are an association of growers, retailers, uh, marijuana industry people. Okay. On both sides, either medical or recreational. All things cannabis. Okay, and this may be a naive question, but what does it cost to start a bank? What would it cost to actually start a bank? You know, I couldn't say an exact number, but uh, I've been told somewhere in the neighborhood between 50 and $100 million. It's a lot of money, man. There you go. There Whoa. you go. Well, so let me bring it back to Bitcoin here for a moment. If the banking system can figure this out, and if you guys find yourselves in a welcoming environment as far as that goes and able to do it, what do you see as a next step for your industry, uh, for the marijuana industry and Bitcoin? Uh, that's a little bit too much of a question to answer with one thought. Could you be a little <laughs> yeah. more specific? Give us an example of some of the things you would like to see happen just for your business by being able to accept Bitcoin. Well, at this point, we're not accepting Bitcoin. But you would like to? Uh, I'm on the sidelines on this one. I had my experiment and it didn't work out. Yeah, I think Bitcoin just has so much growing to do right now. And I think 2014, I think we're going to be shocked by how much it grows. Uh, the venture capital of, that's going into the startups, uh, not just in Silicon Valley, but worldwide. I think we're really going to be shocked by the end of 2014 to see how much Bitcoin has grown and how many new adopters we have. At this point, you don't see Bitcoin having a full canopy yet? No, I do not see Bitcoin having a full canopy. I feel that it's a partial canopy with limited sunshine able to reach it. But uh, I have great confidence in Bitcoin. I would bet that you have your banking taken care of because I think somebody's going to step forward and start a bank there in Washington. I think some venture capitalists is going to realize, hey, there's a lot of money to be made in Washington growing marijuana and growing hemp, right? Hemp is a, a viable source of income too, isn't it? Hemp is not legal in Washington. Oh, it's state. not legal. Well, that's preposterous. Marijuana production is. Wow, that's crazy, huh? Mm -mm -mm. Wow, you can't grow rope, but you can grow marijuana. That's wild. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining us today on Bitcoins and Gravy. Uh, I'm sorry the experiment with Bitcoins didn't really go so well for you, but there's hope still. And as John says, maybe this time next year we'll have a whole different story to tell. I'd like to think that our banking solution will be created within less than six months. Um, yeah. We've got you know several other licensees that have that have begun production, and you've got a system that's about to start. And we hope that we have banking by then, because it's the only way that realistically all of this can be tracked. If it's all in cash, I mean, it just makes a mess of it all. So uh, for right now, even though you don't have a bank that you're working with, are you still operating? Do you, are you still selling marijuana? Are you still able well? As I say, we we always have some level of temporary solution created for that, but it seems to be just a temporary solution. I see. Okay. All right. Well, um, we're on the sidelines rooting for you, man, and and wishing you the best. That's for certain. Well, thanks, guys. 
Sean, could you also let our listeners know how they can find you and your business and how to follow you guys in your progress? Come find us on Facebook at Couch Lock Productions. Couch Lock Productions. That's great. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sean. You'll even find our snow couch that we built over the winter. Tell us about the snow couch, can you? (laughs) It was, uh, uh, we get a fair amount of snow here in Washington through the winter and we decided to, on a very slow day in the first couple of days of our medical marijuana retail store being open, to build a couch on Francis out of snow. And we built a snowman that was a guy stuck in the couch. <laughs> That's nice. great. And what was the snowman smoking? Was he smoking a corn cob pipe? <laughs> no, he didn't have a pipe, but uh, he was multicolored. Looked That's like cool. he was wearing clothes. Rainbow nice. snow cone, man. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> great. Hey, thanks so much, Sean. Absolutely. Sean, would you like to close out with the sound effect again or not? I got another one here. All right. All right. And there you have it, folks. Thanks so much to our guests on today's show, Emiliano Vasquez of Coinding and Sean Green of Couchlock Productions. We would also like to give a special thank you to one of our sponsors on the show, Mike Tech, the Nashville company that provides our microphones. We have been using the fabulous PM9 microphones for our podcasts since day one, and we owe our award-winning sound to Mike Tech. To find out more about our guests and sponsors, visit our show notes at bitcoinsandgravy.com, episode 13. Hey, Lidge, let's also give a special thanks to our friends in Southern California listening in on station KCAA, 1050 AM. Tune in Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific time to hear new episodes of Bitcoins and Gravy. And make sure to catch more great shows from the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network airing all week right here on KCAA, 1050 AM. Or download all the podcasts from letstalkbitcoin.com or directly from iTunes. And remember the Bitcoins and Gravy hotline. Have you ever wanted to be a podcaster? Then call us at 615-208-5198 and leave us a message with your comments or questions. If you give us permission, we'll put you on the show. So call anytime, 615-208-5198. That's right. That's the Bitcoins and Gravy hotline. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and leave a review or comment on iTunes or SoundCloud. Let us know what you like or where we can improve. And remember, it's your reviews that help new listeners discover Bitcoins and Gravy, plus all the other great shows on the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast network. And it's your generous tips that allow us to create the shows. I'm John Barrett. And I'm Lyd Shaw. And you've been listening to Bitcoins and Gravy from East Nashville, Tennessee.